what is going on everybody we are back with a friday edition of the questionable for sunday podcast as always i'm your host eric joined by the commish connor what's going on man hey how you doing eric and happy fucking friday it's been a pretty interesting week i don't know how it's been in seattle but in portland it's been pretty smoky and we finally got some uh some rain today which is super solid and i can actually open up my window and let some cool air in yeah crazy week with the smoke hopefully it'll go away soon um but hey football's back so plenty of stuff to do when you're inside and of course the week one of the nfl season is in the books connor and what do you think of that opening opening weekend Dude, I'm just so happy football's back. I'm just like, it's so nice to just, it's a little bit of normalcy, you know, and, and literally the, the apocalypse of 2020. It was so much fun to watch some games over the weekend. Uh, I had a really good time watching the later Sunday, uh, Monday night game, excuse me, with Goskowski literally missing three field goals and an extra point. I got a real kick out of that. And I'm really looking forward to this next weekend. I'm not going to lie, man. I think there's a, a lot of good football ahead of us. But it was pretty apparent that a lot of the teams, you know, they haven't really been practicing that much. So it seemed like there were a lot of injuries, uh, a lot of... You know, some some poor play across the board, but also some guys just kind of went off, which is fun to see. So, yeah, it was kind of an exciting weekend. Yeah, I was pumped for the week, too. Um, obviously, the week didn't go super well for me, uh, fantasy-wise. Uh, and week two is not off to a hot Nothing start new. either. Uh, I got to say, it's, Nothing it's, new. it's pretty unusual for me to come on the podcast as a loser. Um, you know, it didn't happen often last year. Um, but it's a, it's a new year, 2020, so... Uh, Let's see what happens. Hopefully, you know, my team turns it around. But um, at this point, I'm not too optimistic. Yeah, well, if, hey, you know what, man? If you're going to bitch and moan every time you lose, I, honestly, this podcast's not going to last, all right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, at least I didn't have any torn ACLs on my team. Um, True. But, uh, b- but let's let's get into the podcast. Uh, Connie, you had some stats you wanted to drop on us uh, right off the bat here. Absolutely. So for those of you, uh, there's like four of you. And, uh, you know, I haven't been doing the best job because, once again, uh, I'm not really used to it. But for those of you who follow the Questionable for Sunday Twitter account, I uh, had some free time this afternoon once I got off work and I was just kind of thumbing through some stuff. And actually, I, I had a quick uh, – I was kind of inspired actually by Jerry. He sent me a tweet out about it. Uh, they kind of – I started diving into some stats. A couple of fun things. Um, I think it's kind of interesting that the pa- the Patriots defense is still a free agent right now. No one's actually picked that up. Last year, Tristan, uh, as we all know and like to bring up on this podcast, uh, had the Pats D, who scored 225 points. That was his best non-quarterback. I literally went and checked all of his players. That was his best player that was not a quarterback. Pretty interesting stuff, if you ask me. Um, the fact that really got me going, uh, Jerry pointed out, that this past uh, free agency acquisition period, Hovey, shout out Hovey, submitted two bids. Holy shit. The man himself, two bids. Man, that's a big deal for Hovey. And once again, had some free time. I was like, well, can I go back and see how many bids he made last year? So I went back to the 2019 season, and the way that ESPN has it set up, you have to actually view the uh, free agent report per day that there was a free agent acquired using fab budget so there was a lot to go through not gonna lie and i went through i yes i did guess how many total bids he had last year and i know that you already know but i'm gonna say it anyways hobie had eight total bids last year eight he's at 25 percent of all of his bids already from last year very impressive from hobie the guy's a great drafter i mean we all know that okay hobie is a solid fantasy football player if he actually starts paying attention and submitting free agent requests and spending that fab budget he could be deadly 
Yeah, I mean, first of all, shout out to you for going through all the fab reports. And uh, second of all, I mean, this just adds on to the craziness of 2020. It just shows how crazy of a year it is when Hobie's already made 25% of the bids that yeah. he did last year. And we're, if we're just, we haven't, week two has just started. Like, we haven't even finished week two yet. So I'm sure we'll be keeping tracks on that throughout the year. And I think it's just further proof that peer pressure does work. Exactly. Um, let's jump into let's look at week one scoreboard here and look at some of the matchups. Um, let's open it up with Jordan, or no, Spencer, sorry, versus Jordan. Keeping up with the Joneses versus Chris on a Wednesday. You shouldn't apologize. You just kept going, dude. You already had half the teams. <laughs> so Spencer takes home a 115.4 to 100.7 win. Uh, Cod Murray and Julio Jones with some big performances for Spencer. Um, any thoughts on this one, Connor? Uh, big performance from Anthony Miller. I was a little shocked to see that. Um, not going to lie. I think Mitch Trubisky actually had a pretty decent game. I think he was a top 15 quarterback. Um, we all know how Hobie feels about Mitch Trubisky. I think that kind of resonated with a lot of the people in the league as well as people in just the general NFL environment. I think that he has kind of a bad reputation. But apparently he beat Nick Foles in camp, legitimately beat him out for the starting spot, and he looked pretty good. So that's a, it's a pretty strong showing. And I think that Anthony Miller was a great pickup by uh, Spencer in the draft. Yeah, and then looking at Jordan's team, um, Big Ben and Juju Smith with the Monday night game, a good connection there. But taking a look at his running backs, Saquon Barkley and James Conner combined for just 12.3 points. I mean, that's just a huge, a huge downer. Conner with the ankle injury didn't, get a ton of playing time on monday and uh, it sounds like he's going to be okay going into this week but obviously jordan's going to need some better production out of his rbs um, to get a better result this weekend yeah i mean he also played daryl williams who got four points gross and duke johnson who got 1.4 you know i i understand actually you know jordan's not in a terrible spot he does have josh kelly um who's going to probably get some points for the chargers in the next couple weeks but i really question the decision to play duke johnson who let me just quickly check Jordan got him in the draft for $3 over David Montgomery, who he got for $12. And I know there was like a there was like an injury report out that Montgomery not might not play the first couple weeks, uh, but he played. He got uh, 7.9 points, which is a lot more than 1.4 from Duke Johnson. What I will say is that uh, when I was really into playing Madden back in 2018, Duke Johnson, I was actually in this like 32 person, like all per, all all teams were run by a person, and it was pretty sick. And uh, no joke, dude, Duke Johnson was my running back. He's so nasty, but he had a really big fumbling problem. Like, I don't know what it was. Madden had his, like, fumbling ability or whatever, his carry at, like, 72. It was absurd. Can't have that. And uh, Duke Johnson was injured on Thursday night as well. So, um, But, hey, Jordan's got some options on his bench moving forward. Let's look at our next matchup. A big victory for Tristan, the total champion from last year, starting off 1-0 with a 137.8 to 99.7 victory over McCorry. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, obviously, not a surprise there at the big game with 27 points. Uh, Alan Lazard, a nice pickup there for Tristan, 16.2. Um, just kind of solid performances across the board for his team. And uh, looking at Andrew, he got a big performance out of Cam Newton. Melvin Gordon with a nice showing on Monday night. Um, but some, 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 some stinkers with Le'Veon Bell, OBJ, AJ Brown, and George Kittle, and a couple of injuries there as well. True. It's actually uh, I got to I got to hand it to Tristan, man. I mean, even though his team did very well, I mean, he actually had Russell Gage on his bench, so only up from here. I and I like Paris Campbell too, so uh, Tristan did a really good job in the draft. Um, I got to give him credit. 
let's uh let's look at our league champion here um with the, with a nice victory a good performance here to start off the season jerry 157.4 curtis 122.2 33 points from josh jacobs three rushing touchdowns calvin ridley catches two touchdowns 29.4 alvin kamara with two touchdowns 21.2 i mean jerry studs this really carried him in this game Absolutely. I mean, you got to feel a little bad for Curtis, though. He still put up 122.2. That was the fifth most points. I mean, you typically think you put up the fifth most points. There's only four teams ahead of you. You're probably going to get a win. But unfortunately, he was playing Jerry, and Jerry has a very solid team. Kind of interesting that he played Boston Scott, but hey, it worked out. So who needs him? I mean, Boston Scott was a starting running back for Philly. Um, but, but looking at Curtis's team here, Lamar Jackson, Mark Andrews, a nice connection there. Dalvin Cook with big game. Malcolm Brown, a nice pickup late in the draft for Curtis um, with a big game, 24.5. But Yeah, that was stupid, dude. That's so fucking stupid. As the owner of Cam Akers, that's stupid, dude. <laughs> Cooper Cup with only six points. And then Michael Thomas, um, I'm sure I'll mention him later, the high ankle sprain only with 3.2 points. So his stud receiver is not able to produce. Looking at our next matchup here, our, our Kermish, Connor. With a nice victory here, 146.7 to Hobie's 120.7. What up? Uh, Raheem Mostert uh, talked some shit about him last week. Caught a 75-yard touchdown pass, 22.1. And then, I mean, Hopkins and Chris Carson, your studs with over 20. Jameson Crowder, I think, caught a 70-plus-yard touchdown as well. So some big plays um, kind of leading the way for you there. Yeah, I think that uh, Slayton also caught a, a really long touchdown pass. I forget how long ever it was. A 41-yarder. There you go. Yeah, I mean, I had pretty solid, uh, you know, everyone kind of went off. I was really happy with my bench performance, to be honest. I think I had one of the, sh I mean, outside of people who have stacked quarterbacks on their bench like Ben, I think I had probably the best bench performance, which is which is usually not what you want to see, right? You want to make sure that you're putting those points out on your starting lineup. But the fact that my starting lineup was very solid and my bench did a good job, it was really nice to see. Not going to lie. Once again, though, uh, shout out to Hovey. Uh, 120.7 points. That was sixth most uh, this past week, but unable to get it done. Yeah, well, we had a nice Thursday night performances with Mahomes and Kelsey. Um, Adam Thielen with a big day, 28 points. Derrick Henry with a solid night, but besides that, uh, nothing really noteworthy there. Um, looking at our, our second league score of the week, that was Ben, who's now changed his name to Green Mile, 156.1 to... Uh, to me with a disappointing score 96.6 uh, Ben's three quarterbacks were the top three scores in the league He's and he started the highest scoring one Russell Wilson with four touchdown passes 31.7 points Devontae Adams had a huge game 34.6 and Zeke 26.2 so Ben studs um, really carried him here uh, yeah, I mean, Devonta Adams had an absolute monster day. Um, and he, he actually, he didn't even play J.K. Dobbins, which makes sense. I mean, you don't really know how a rookie's going to do in that Baltimore running offense. Uh, he actually had a great day. So, I mean, Ben's team's looking up. Yeah, Ben's team's looking real solid. I like his lineup. Um, curious to see what's going to happen with those quarterbacks. Doesn't, I don't know if he's gotten any trade offers yet, but uh, uh, looking at the quarterbacks here, I mean, he had this top. Did you send him a trade offer? I didn't send him any trade offers. But, uh, All right. Looking at the highest scoring quarterbacks here, Ben had the, the top three from week one. Um, but there was 12 other quarterbacks who finished with 20 or more points. Uh, do, do you think he'll get any offers for any of these guys? Like, what do you think is going to happen? Well, first of all, I just want to give another quick shout out. I believe that was Jerry again with the stat on that, right? 
I think so. I think he posted that in the Discord that uh, Ben had top three quarterbacks, which is hilarious. Uh, I, I think I, I could see him getting an offer from someone maybe like me who didn't put a lot of uh, my auction budget into quarterback. You know, it, like you said, I mean, I, I think I, uh, you know, I have Brian Tannehill, and I think he was like pretty like 16th, and he got me about 20 points, which is solid. But once again, you know, he had, uh, you know, he didn't put up 30 like Wilson, Allen, and Rodgers did. So it, it's possible that someone. Maybe it will take a nibble on a trade offer, but once again, Ben showing that uh, he, he doesn't give a fuck about typical fantasy football strategies. He's going to do whatever the hell he wants. Exactly. And look at our last matchup here. Pretty low scoring. Joe, 101.7 to Chris, 90.1. Connor, you talked all that good about Chris's team last week on the pod, and he uh, he backs it up by finishing last in scoring. True. Yeah, um, Vikings D with negative 7. When you lose by about 11 points, that's pretty brutal. And, uh, you know, he actually left a couple points on his bench. Sammy Watkins, Naeem Hines. I mean, Chris still has a very solid team. I think he made some questionable lineup choices, uh, to be completely frank. But, you know, I, he'll, he's learning, okay? You know, he, once Eventually, you know, I mean, I think this is a good first step for him with that draft. But he still, you know, he still needs those training wheels, you know? And he will mature over time, and he'll, he'll grow. But we're still in that infancy stage. You know, we look at Chris as you know one of those bottom dwellers and we need people you know at the bottom you know you need people to you know do the job that no one else wants to do and chris is that kind of guy yeah i, I gotta say i gotta cut chris a little slack he did get hit pretty hard by injuries miles sanders kenny galday and Cortland sutton i mean those are three of his top guys they were all out week one um he also lost blake jarwin um who was his second tight end but lost him to injury so uh, a little bit bit up by the injury bug there, but that does it. Yeah, for, for that's eighty-eight dollars. Sorry to interrupt. That's eighty-eight dollars of his auction budget that did not play week one between Miles Sanders, Kenny Galladay, and Cortland Sutton. That's huge. Yeah, I mean that's that's pretty crazy. Obviously, the Joe Luck is already striking, and then that obviously was, he's facing Curtis this week, and Mike Thomas is out, so it uh, just keeps rolling on. Uh, before we before we move on here, uh, I just wanted to. Give a little shout out to my to my moment of the week, EIG moment of the week. Do we have a drum roll? Do we, do we have special effects on this podcast? Uh, not quite. I got to work on my editing Not quite. Skills. Okay, okay. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, we'll talk not, to the producers. As always, you know, during work, I wasn't working. And I was instead, I was, you know, trying to, to brew up some trades. So, you know, I reached out I reached out to Tristan this week with the trade offer, you know, trying to gauge some interest, see what he said. You know, he got back to me pretty quick. Nothing, nothing came out of it. I was fine. And then about like 15 or 20 minutes later, I got a text from him saying, this league is standard, right? And I said, what do you mean standard? Do you mean like it's standardly like standard as an awesome? Like, oh, yeah, like it's pretty basic league. Like, what do you mean by that? Uh, I mean, this league is awesome, but I think he was talking about standard scoring. Um, no way. He, he was, was the, he to. didn't ask me that. No. And then I said, no, it's half PPR. And then he just responded, oh, with multiple wow. H's. Get at wow. I mean, yikes. Are we really surprised that Tristan is the reigning Toepole champion when, I mean, this is his third year in the league and he's just figuring out that we're half PPR scoring? Uh, you hate to see it. That reminds me of uh, after my dad had been in my family league for four years, he asked me, How do we, how does he pick up a free agent? <laughs> But damn, you know, but that, that's the thing, though. That's a family where no one puts in money. This is a $100 buy-in with the 5 bucks on top so we can add our, our pretty face or the, the pretty face of whoever wins the league uh, to that awesome EEIG poster. But, man, you know, honestly, like I said, man, you got to have people at the bottom. So I love to see it, okay? 
yeah, I mean, that's what you're going against this week. But I don't want to foster competition. Okay, I want everyone to suck, and I want me to do really well. Exactly. Uh, but that does it for week one. Uh, let's take a look at the waiver wire for this week. Uh, Connor, why don't you take this away? Absolutely. It was pretty interesting waiver wire, uh, not going to lie. I, I think in the past, like when we first started doing the fab budget, uh, the first couple weeks, it really felt like people were really hesitant to throw down their money. Not this week. It, now that everyone has you know, decently experienced with picking up free agents and how it works, everyone knows that if you want a guy, you got to spend. And boy, did we have some expenditures. So just for those of you who are not in the league, because I know there's probably about three of you who are listening, we, everyone starts out with that $200 of fab budget, free agent acquisition budget, fake money, not real money, that they can actually quietly bid on players. And at the end of the, of the whatever time frame, whoever bid the most gets the player. So right at the top, we had butt blasts for Beckham getting Dallas Goddard for $45. Curtis really throwing down to get a tight end. Um, I like this play a lot, to be honest with you. I don't even really think it was that much of an uh, overpay. I actually was the second highest bid with 30. So, I mean, he was 15 over me, but, you know, 50%, I guess you could say. But still, though, I mean, I think Dallas Goddard's going to be pretty solid. Even with Zach Ertz, he's going to get targets. He's going to be productive, at least the fact that he has the tight end designation and he's going to score points. Like, that's pretty rare, as we all know. Um, I actually was a little disappointed. I did not get that Dallas Goddard. I really thought 30 was going to be enough. And I see that you actually put it in a bid for 28. So if Curtis had not gone above 30, it would have been you and me, right? Neck and neck. Um, but a really good job by Curtis. spending for the guy he wants. And I already talked to him a little bit about trading. Um, and judging by the post earlier in the Discord about the uh, the imbalanced trade he got in a different league, I don't think a trade with Curtis is going to happen. Looking at the next uh, big expenditure we had, we had AMAC, Mr. McCory, good UW product, Miles Gaskin for 40 bucks. I like this play a lot too. Um, I mean, I drafted Jordan Howard. I thought he was going to be very solid. I've kind of put up a dud last week. Looks like Miles Gaskin got the majority of the carries, uh, which you really love to see. You know, as 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 a fellow Husky, I love to see it. Uh, 40 bucks though, it's quite a lot. Uh, next closest was Hovey with 10 dollars. So uh, a nice $30 difference between there. But like I said, you know, you got to get the guy you want. And I respect AMAC for throwing the money down, taking out the wallet, throwing out the big bucks. That's uh, pretty solid on his end. The next big expenditure was Ben, Mr. Ben Hazari, getting Marquez Valdez-Scantling for $24. Bucks. Uh, he had a really big day, caught a couple long balls in a tutty, I think, uh, on last Sunday. Eric, you were also, once again, second fiddle. Uh, well, I mean, I guess before and you were third fiddle, but you, you put in a bid for 22, didn't get him. Quick facts once again about Marquez Valdez Scantling, besides the fact that his name is so goddamn hard to say. He was drafted by Tristan for a dollar in our draft just the other week, and Tristan dropped him on Friday, which you hate to see, and then he goes off for 17.6 points. Just a little unlucky, Tristan. You hate to see it. Um, did he actually put in a bid? I don't think he did. Um... So he apparently was like, you know what? I'm a little bitter. I don't want this guy on my team. I'm not even going to bid after I dropped him, which I, I respect that. I'm not going to lie. I do respect that. Um, Got to be a little bitter. You know how, you know, why not? Uh, the last, I mean, grounding it out, really, we had Scotty Miller going to you, Eric, for eight bucks. He was a little bit of a hotter commodity. I mean, is anyone surprised that Tom Brady is throwing the ball to a white wide receiver? Anyone? Slot receiver, yeah. I mean, to be honest, I'm actually very shocked that AMAC did not put a bid in. We all know how it feels about that. And then really the other big one was Logan Thomas, tight end, uh, for six bucks to Chris. Uh, Logan Thomas, man, I feel like I've heard of that name a long time ago. Uh, what do we know about that guy? Um, I don't know anything. He, he had a pretty nice game though for the uh, for the old football team last week. 
You know, actually, I, I remember he played quarterback in college. That's what it was. I just oh. felt like I knew that name. From yeah, Virginia yeah, yeah. Tech, uh, he, I think, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He kind of he's kind of bounced around. Um, kind of unusual. Uh, but hey, what can you do? But yeah, that, that really rounds it out. I mean, besides that, we had Royce Freeman go uh, for three dollars to Hobie. Um, we had Chargers D, Devontae Booker, and Traquan Swift go for zero bucks. I really like the zero dollar bids. I think that's nice. A uh, little embarrassing though. Curtis putting in a zero dollar bid for Miles Gaskin. Curtis, what kind of lead do you think this is, dude? All right, he went for forty dollars and he put a zero dollar bid in. Come on. Come on, man. Come on, man. All right, now let's move on to week two here. Um, Connor McKeever, you, you you got the breakdown on some of the injuries here. What are you seeing? Yeah, you know, it's kind of interesting. I was uh, I was listening to the uh, Pardon My Take podcast. They had that guy, I want to say like Warren Sharp. Is that yeah. a uh, – is that? yeah, yeah, yeah. Who I honestly – I thought it was fucking Warren Sapp. I was like, oh, sick, man. Um, isn't this guy a rapist or something? Like I, I, I couldn't believe he was out of jail. And then all of a sudden I hear this guy talk and I'm like, oh, this is definitely 100% not Warren Sapp. Anyway, so I, I was listening to part of my take, which, you know, as everyone knows, is the second most famous sports podcast to be sponsored by a bidet. Uh, you know, I, I really enjoy the fact that they, you know, they, 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 they fall in our wake. They follow our footsteps. Um, it's really nice to have a little brother in the podcast world. Um, it's pretty interesting, though. He was talking about on the on the Potomar Take podcast how after you know any type of long period of time where players aren't playing, a lot of times teams actually score over the over um, in terms of betting. Right? For some reason, uh, Vegas always thinks they're going to not score that many points, and they always hit the overs. So not only did I re-download my Oregon scoreboard app because if you're in the state of Oregon, you can actually gamble on sports um, and try to take a bunch of overs. Because you know, I was like, you know what? I don't really know much about gambling, and I had. $20 still left on there from the $60 I put on for the Super Bowl when I made all those really terrible bets about like, oh, yeah, dude, like, you know, 60 to one about a safety in the second half or whatever. Um, had some money still left on that. So I, I made a little bit of money uh, betting on the overs. But what's another aspect of when people aren't practicing or, or at camp, you know, just due to COVID and stuff, is that it seems like a lot of people got injured this past week. I mean, you kind of hit it. We kind of talked about it in the week one recap. But, I mean, a lot of big names are out for some reason, man. It's kind of crazy. We got Michael Thomas, Jamison Crowder, Le'Veon Bell, A.J. Brown, George Kittle's out, Kenny Galladay, Corton Sutton, even Jack Doyle can't make it onto the field. It's pretty sad to see you have a lot of guys who are coming back maybe not in the best of shape or maybe their bodies you know, aren't as broken in as they normally are at this time of year. But a lot of injuries across the board. You also have a couple of people who are who are possibly not going to even play Sunday. I didn't list them as out because they haven't been declared as out, but they're they're questionable for Sunday. We got Chris Godwin, James Conner, Zach Pascal, Justin Jackson, uh, a couple guys across the board. It seems like there's been some injuries all across the league, and you know everyone's struggling about it. I was just telling you uh, before we got on the podcast, and one of my other leagues, I have Michael Thomas and Le'Veon Bell. So really rough week one for that team. Not going to lie, uh, but you know, hey, we move on. It's just how it is, and hopefully. People won't get as injured in the future. However, you know, it is football, which is a pretty damn violent sport. Yeah, I feel like even when there is a full preseason, sometimes it like takes teams a couple weeks to kind of find their footing and get themselves going. So it'll be curious. It'll be interesting to see this year with like no preseason and shortened training camps, like how long it takes before we really know how good some of these teams are and maybe kind of how good some of these players are going to be. Yeah, that, that's a good point, too. Not going to lie. And uh, at the same time, though, like as we're talking, I'm just happy that we're talking about football again. You know, like, oh, man, we're talking about injuries. Oh, man. You know, thank God it's raining because all the goddamn fires in the Pacific Northwest and California. But God, football's back, man. It's good. You love to see it, you know. Exactly. Uh, let's take a look at our week two matchups here. 
And uh, we're going to start with you, Connor, taking on AMAC. Uh, AMAC got a nice performance from Odell last night, 15.4 points. So he's currently holding the league on you, the lead on you. Sorry. But I think I know where you're going to go here with your prediction, but lay it on me. Yeah, that's one thing that uh, Eric and I forgot to do last week was make predictions. We're coming back to you. We're bringing the people what they want. We're making predictions, and we're going to keep track, okay? We're going to keep track, and we're going to go to the very end of the regular season, and we're going to tally up the wins and losses, the correct predictions, the bad predictions, and just like before, I'm probably going to win. Um, I just want to give a quick uh, point of uh, point of order. Uh, you said that AMAC is currently uh, winning right now. Uh, that is ridiculous because I have yet to have a player play. Like, why would you say that? Of course he's winning. He had a player playing the Thursday night game. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, my team is pretty good. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I don't know what else I'm going to say. I'm going to pick myself. I really think that my team's pretty solid. AMAC, actually, you know, honestly, he has so many guys in his team that I don't like. It's actually funny. I don't know if we're just like opposites when it comes to the guys that we like to roster. I mean, I when it comes uh, Cam Newton, Aaron Jones, Melvin Gordon, Odell Beckham, Nikhil Harry, Rob Gronkowski, Devin Singletary. All those guys, I made a conscious effort in the draft to not try to get and he's starting all those guys i know he you know he has george kittle on his bench so he has to start rob and you know it is unfortunate that he's got aj brown who's probably out as well but it's just so funny to me i'm like man i don't like any of those guys and you know as i mentioned before i'm not a big old believer uh but he did put up some pretty good numbers on thursday actually i watched the game with my buddy grant want to give a quick shout out to grant gerns my boy uh i used to actually babysit him when I was like 14 and he was like 11 and he had his little brother who was nine. And when I say babysit, I mean basically like his parents would leave and I'd go over and we'd just play video games all night and I'd like make a frozen pizza. I'd be there for like five or six hours and then no joke, like I'd get like 20 bucks and I'd be like stoked. I'm like sick. Like I'm fucking loaded now. Um, but no, he, he's a good dude. Anyways, so um, yeah, I, honestly, like I really like my team. I think I'll be just fine. ESPN has me uh, as a six point dog. Which, you know, uh, maybe that's just because Odell kind of had a great game on Thursday. But, yeah, I'm, I'm going to pick myself. Uh, I'm going to go with you as well, Connor. Uh, I agree with a lot of what you said. I mean, Nikhil Harry, Rob Gronkowski, Devin Singletary, not not really a fan of any of those. Uh, not much AMAC can do there because George Kittle and A.J. Brown out. Uh, I do think he could probably find someone better than Gronk to start. Um, but, hey, teach her own. Um I'm not a huge fan of your team this week, Connor, but I, I think this may be the lowest scoring matchup that we have this week, but but I'm going to give you the advantage. Well, thank you. I'll take it. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, Jamison Crowder's out. He, you know, he's one of my guys, obviously. Ruggs, I think, is also questionable. And, you know, I think that uh, Cam Akers, you know, I mean, after watching Malcolm Brown put up so many points last week, his value's kind of gone down a little bit. And honestly, I did not think Joe Burrow was going to throw the ball, what, like 61 times on Thursday. So I, I didn't even think about starting him. But he did actually have 24.5 points, which is pretty solid. Um, but yeah, you know, what can you do? All right, moving on to our next one here. We have Spencer taking on myself. Spencer with the commanding lead right now after Thursday, 48.9 to 16. Yeah, we got to talk about that. We got to talk about that. Uh, we had Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt each scoring two touchdowns yesterday against the Bengals while Joe Mixon... Uh, got 20 touches for the second straight week, but but scored just 10 points. And Jarvis Landry caught three passes and finished with six. Uh, so not what I was looking for out of my guys. And a dominate performance to start the week for Spencer. Um, I don't think this is going to come as a shock. I'm taking Spencer in this one. You're taking you're taking Spencer. You think you're going to start 0-2? I, I I think I am. 
Oh, dude, have have some goddamn faith. I know that right now ESPN has you as a 22-point dog, which is, you know, you hate to see it uh, <laughs> with the same amount of minutes left. Uh, yeah, you know, I think we, I got to give a shout-out to Spencer. And for those of you who follow the Questionable for Sunday Twitter page, which there's like three of you, um, not going to lie, I did actually tweet this out earlier that Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb combined – for 48.9 points and if those of you who listened to the podcast last week i mentioned how having both running backs on one team definitely limits your upside apparently it doesn't dude fuck me you know yeah i mean it was a great matchup going against the Bengals, but uh definitely exceeded they definitely uh brought it this week so a nice start there for spencer and, True. and I, one I assume you're gonna pick it as well was that i did talk to spencer a little bit this week i mean right after the thursday night game i sent him a text and i was making fun of myself for basically saying, oh, it's going to limit your upside, and then they both score basically combined 50 points. And he actually made a good point, and this is something I agree with, and I actually I still believe having two running backs on the same team and starting both of them does limit your upside. I think this is more a little bit of a fluke. We'll see. But uh, he made a good point, and I totally agree with. You know, And having two running backs on the same team, you play them both, that it does limit your upside, but it also limits your downside, you know? Um which you know he he have to he doesn't have to worry about running backs getting their touchdowns vultured, or maybe you know if someone gets injured he's still going to get the points, which is a good point. So you know I got I got to give it to you, man. Spencer is the fucking uh, you know innovator of this league. You know I mean the guy just comes up with new new things every year. Last year it was the it was what seven running backs drafted this year taking Chubb and Hunt in the draft, and it's paying dividends. Yeah, and I. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I think Spencer's gonna win too. Yeah, yeah, you're <laughs> fucked, dude. <laughs> I think so. I like some Spencer's receivers. Like Julio Jones is a big name, but the guys he's got besides him aren't huge names. But I think our guys can get some solid production. Um, yeah, but, I mean, I think he's he doesn't have a very deep team. I mean, he's starting Adrian Peterson and Deshaun Jackson. Um, but Anthony Miller had a pretty solid game last week, and Marvin Jones has been a, a, a very solid wide receiver two for the past like four years uh but yeah i mean he, i think that he just needs to avoid the injury bug and he'll be okay okay but let's start let's stop talking about a matchup i'm gonna lose and let's move on to jerry I don't know, i'm kind of enjoying it we could try <laughs> kind of go over more stuff uh, oh you do have Corey davis though that might, are you gonna play him this next week uh looks we'll like you're not we'll have to see a Devonte park you know the aj brown's out right why is why is the next wide receiver man up on your bench dude Anyways, let's look at Jerry versus Jordan here. Okay. <laughs> uh, Jerry projected the favor here, 121 to 114. Who do you like in this one? You know, if you ask me about team names, I, I got Jordan. I mean, Chris on a Wednesday, like I like like we said before, great team name. He's got even the picture of Chris blowing a couple dudes. Obviously, that's a, not a real picture. It's a drawing. But still, pretty awesome. You know, I think I learned that my, my lesson last year, man, and it's been pretty pretty apparent that Jerry is one of those titans of fantasy. And, you know, I'm not even – I could not even look at the teams. I think I'm just – every week this week this year, I'm going to predict Jerry to win his matchup, except when he plays against me, obviously. So I'm going Jerry, dude. I mean, I think that having Josh Jacobs had a very strong showing. Um, and, you know, having Calvin Ridley, who also played really well last week. Fuller, you know, hit or miss, we'll see. But still, I don't really know who the hell Deshaun Watson is going to throw the ball to now that Hopkins is on the Cardinals. But overall, man, uh, Jerry is a really solid team, and uh, I have him in this matchup. Yeah, I'm going with Jerry as well. I just like his team across the board. James Robinson ended up being a, a solid pickup there for Jerry in week one. Curious to see what he has going forward. Uh, I think Jordan's got a solid squad this week. Um, obviously, some kind of uncertainty with James Conner. Um, but 
I, I like. I think he's got a solid squad across the board. I think it could be closer. Uh, it could be a pretty close matchup, but I'm going with Jerry. Uh, moving on here, we got Curtis taking on Joe. Let's look at the uh, the scoreboard here. And uh, Joe's only projected to score 101 points because uh, Chris Godwin's got a zero right now. Um, so yeah, Chris Godwin potentially out for Joe and Michael Thomas out for Curtis. So some big receivers out there. Um, let's just call Curtis the favorite right now. Um, projected 115.6. Who do you like in this one? Uh, you know, it's tough because I think that objectively Curtis has the superior team. However, uh, knowing that uh, Joe Luck exists in the world and is an obvious evil, and it should be rooted out. However, we have yet to be there. We have yet to root out such evil. I think Joe's probably going to win, uh, but I'm going to go against the Joe Luck. I think that this, even with Michael Thomas out, Curtis is a very solid team. I think I gave him not the best draft grade, but looking how great Malcolm Brown is, he got Dallas Goddard, who he's playing in the flex. I like that a lot. I actually, uh, I know that there was some, uh, Ruggs might also be out, Henry Ruggs for the uh, the Raiders. So maybe Brian Edwards is a good play, but he has him on his bench right now. Kind of hard to see uh, what's going to happen in that uh, receiving core of the Raiders. But I like I like Curtis this week. I'm going to take Curtis as well. I think, I think this Dude, can be... you fucking disagree with me for once? <laughs> it's way better when we disagree. Come on, man. <laughs> I think this one will be super You're going close. against your brother? I'm going against him. Just uh, That's my reason for picking Curtis. But this one's going to be real close. I think this might be our closest match of the week, but I'm going with yeah, Curtis. Could be. Could be. Uh, moving on here, we got Hovey. Shout out Hovey. Taking Shout on Chris. Um, in case you remember, Chris was the lowest scoring team last week. Uh, but yeah, in this one, I'm going with Hovey. I think Hovey, you know, his team took a loss last week, but it wasn't because of poor performance. Uh, Chris did take a loss last week because of poor performance. Uh, I think I think we got more in store for Hovey's team. I, I, I just think it's real solid across the board. It's looking at his lineup. I like what he's got going. Um, Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, Kelsey with the juicy matchup against the Chargers. I like that. Mike Evans with Godwin out um, could be in for a pretty big day. Derrick Henry against Jacksonville. I mean, that's he's got big, big uh, point potential there. I'm going with Hovey. You know, uh, last year, every week that we made predictions, I predicted myself to win, and I predicted Chris to lose. And that trend will continue, <laughs> and I will also take Hobie. However, there is one caveat. If I hadn't already been locked in to, to predicting that Chris will lose every week this year, I think this is a matchup where he can steal a game off Hobie. He's got Niam Hines. Uh, who, who obviously went off last week, but is a very solid player. Robbie Anderson also had a great week. Those are two guys that I personally love. He's got Miles Sanders back this week, which is solid. He's got a great matchup with Dak Prescott. Clearly, the Falcons secondary is absolute doo-doo, so I think Dak's going to have a really great week. It, it is unfortunate that he's got Kenny Galladay you know, out this week, and it is, you know, he didn't play Boyd, who had 16.7 on Thursday night. But unfortunately for Hovey, man, Hovey, he's starting Tevin Coleman. That is a really tough spot to be in. And uh, from watching the, the Denver game before, Jerry Judy was dropping a lot of balls. Not really sure how that's going to go. And, you know, Manuel Sanders definitely passed his prime, but he did catch a touchdown last week. So he only had 15 yards, though. So I'm not really sure if you can call that very reliable, 15 yards and a touchdown. I mean, he did put up nine points, but still. Um, I, I think that if any time that Chris was going to take a game off Hovey, and Hovey, who's been a very solid fantasy player for many years, I think it's going to be this week. But I'm taking Chris. I'm taking Hovey, obviously, because you know I can't take Chris ever. 
yeah, I mean, Emmanuel Sanders with Mike Thomas out might be in for a better opportunity there. Uh, Emmanuel gotta, Sanders is like 37 years old with like half a leg. I got to say, I mean, Chris has Tyler Boyd on his bench, and he's starting Leonard Fournette in his flex. Like I said, he's in his infancy. He's still learning. All right. There's two parts of fantasy football. Okay. There's the general manager part, and then there's the coach part. That's kind of like the way I have it in my head, right? And those are two very different parts. The general manager is, hey, who do I want on my roster, right? Who am I picking up? Who am I dropping? Very important, right? You want to make sure you have guys on your team who score points. Then there's the coaching part. And in our league, I would say it's tough because with the fact that we have so many starting slots and such a deep bench, both parts are very important. And the coaching part is who am I going to play this week? You know, I have, I'm in a couple like 10 team leagues that are like, you know, zero buy-in, whatever for family stuff. It's, and actually I'm in a 10 team league with uh, no tight end and three bench spots. And let me tell you what, every team is jacked and it's all about who you're going to play. You know, like I picked up Raheem Mostert off waivers, you know, it's just, it's absurd. And I think that, you know, Chris has done a great job this year. Showing I me at the very beginning, I'll just give him some props for the general manager aspect, getting guys on the team who will score points. Unfortunately, he's leaving those points on the bench. Hopefully, he will learn and make some better decisions. Uh, but until then, I think Hobie's going to take the matchup. Yeah, I mean, that I, I mean, I just noticed this now, but that's like, on, you know, you, you can't have that as as a coach. I mean, if there was ever, if you think there was ever a week for Hobie to lose. It to be in it to come against Chris. I mean, with a mistake like that, I, I just can't see it happening. I mean, I don't know. I, I uh, the one thing I, uh, if Chris is listening, uh, shout out to my boy Chris. Uh, I would probably play Sammy Watkins. He got nine targets last week, eighty-two yards and a tutty. Um, I would probably play Sammy Watkins. Yeah, I mean, Tyler Boyd's like a there. top Hot thirty take. receiver every week. I just hey, don't see how Eric, you can... how many? Eric, question for you. How many points did Leonard Fournette get last week? uh 2.4 <laughs> yeah so hopefully chris will make a, a change to his roster maybe because you know so actually it's funny this is how my own mind works i'm so stubborn if people tell me to do stuff i will just even though if it's like good advice i will just w- won't do it because i don't want people to tell me what to do so it's possible that chris will just hear this advice and then to spite us he will not switch watkins and fournette and then he'll definitely lose against Hobie. Or maybe he'll take some good advice and put Watkins in, especially against the Chargers. Uh, but until I see that happening, like I said, well, I'm choosing Hobie. All right, and moving on to our last matchup of the week here, Game of the Week. Game of the Week alert. I got to say, I wouldn't have expected at the start of the season that this would be the Game of the Week. But we got Ben taking on Tristan uh, Cotter. Who do, you, who do you like in this primetime matchup? Well, I think so. I think you mentioned before. That I forget which which matchup you said it was, but I think that this game, Green Mile against More and More, is going to be the closest matchup of the week. We have Ben, who's one of the stalwarts of fantasy, against Tristan, who's off to a hot start, going one and zero. And you know, you have these two very solid teams. You got Josh Allen versus Tom Brady, Zeke Elliott versus Christian McCaffrey. Uh, one thing I will say is that I was not an AJ Green believer this year. And yes, okay, he got 4.4 points on Thursday, and Ben did play him 4.4, not what you like to see. The dude got 13 targets. It was actually insane to see Joe Burrow just fucking chuck balls at A.J. Green. And uh, a lot of them were not in the vicinity of, of A.J., obviously. He only caught three of them. But I think that both teams are very good, man. Look at the flex spots, okay? Ben's going with J.K. Dobbins and Deontay Johnson. I'm pretty sure I have both those guys in like almost all the other leagues. Those are very solid players. You probably got him for 
for solid value in the draft. Deontay Johnson had a ton of targets last week, just couldn't get a touchdown. That went to I think Juju got two of them. So the touchdowns will come. Dobbins was a lot more involved in the run game than I thought he would be. I mean, when you have Mark Ingram, who's very solid, and Lamar Jackson, it's hard to get those carries. But Dobbins was just fine against. He's got uh, Tristan's got Zach Moss, who was another surprise. Had a, I think he had about 10 points last week. Let me just quickly click on him. Yeah, 10.2, very solid. And he's playing Jared Cook as well, which you know that's fine. But he also got 10 points last week. Very solid spots from both flex players. I really like uh, Paris Campbell this week. Um, there's been so many issues. Uh, I think Zach Pascal right is out. Um, and T.Y. Hilton is way too fast for Philip Rivers' noodle arm. I think Paris Campbell is the wide receiver to own in the offense. And, uh, you know, I just think that this is going to be a really close game. It's going to be really hard to determine who's going to win. I'm not going to lie. Like, it's it's it would be so hard. Like, how crazy would it be to predict that Tristan would beat Ben? Would that be crazy? It could be crazy, but I don't think I'm picking Tristan. Let's go, yeah. Tristan. This is the week, dude. This is the week you're taking out Ben, dude. You're taking out Ben Hazari. You're going to smack him down. You're going to make him your bitch. You're going to start the season 2-0. You're going to shut up all the haters. You're going to shut up the fucking two assholes on this Question Over Sunday podcast. Take it away, baby. I love it. I got Tristan this week. All right, I'm going with Ben. I'm gonna, I am gonna. got to disagree with you on this one, but I, you know, it's going to be real close. I think maybe these guys might be the two highest scoring teams this week. Uh, interesting here, you know, we talked about earlier Ben's three-headed monster at quarterback. This week he's going with Josh Allen. Uh, what do you think of the pick there? I like it. I'm not going to lie. Um, I, I Actually, wait, I'm trying to think. Doesn't Miami have uh, – didn't they just pay their cornerback a lot and they just signed Byron Jones? Um, I thought they had a good slot corner and Byron Jones as well. So uh, it, it, maybe it's not the best decision, but I do think that uh, uh, the Seahawks against New England, I, I do like the fact that he's not playing Russell Wilson in the Sunday night game. I, for some reason, I think that's going to be a really run-heavy game uh, with Cam Newton running the ball a lot and then Chris Carson running the ball a lot. Um, and then Aaron Rodgers, who, you know, he, I think that with Aaron Rodgers, uh, as someone who had him last year, it's hard to still trust that last week was is, is like he's back to scoring 30 points a week. He kind of was, you know, like a middling quarterback last year. And I don't fully trust the fact that he's going to put up. I mean, ESPN as is projected at 17.8. That seems like a lot. Um, so I don't hate the Josh Allen pick. If anything, I'd probably put Russell Wilson in there. Um, but I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. What about you? I mean, I'm, I got to be a fan. I mean, the Eric Erickson doppelganger got to ride with them. So I respect the pick. And uh, I'm going with Ben to, uh, you know, continue his strong performances this season and improve to two and zero. That's gonna do it for today's episode of the podcast. Connor, any any final thoughts to end the week? Wait a second, I'm so confused. Uh, we're I was expecting a diss track this week oh. from Tristan, aka Little Bidet Squirts. He came out with some hot fire last week. That's what the young kids say. And you know, as the person who was the target, I very much enjoyed some of those rhymes that he was putting out that he was spitting out but eric what happened to the diss track this week uh, i did get a message here from tristan i asked him about when i asked him about the the diss track he said sorry gonna have to defer this week thought i was in the clear today got rocked by chris's army of lady boys <laughs> <laughs> so looks like it's gonna be we're gonna have to wait till week three for for tristan's next diss track uh, so I think, you know, the expectations just got a little higher for this next one. I think so. Did we just leak who the target is as well? Uh, I, I think we did. So uh, breaking news, next diss track will be about Chris. Uh, hopefully, hopefully we'll get it on the next episode of the podcast.
We'd love to see it. All right, guys. Thanks again for tuning in. Questionable for Sunday. We'll catch you next week.